I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Sugar is such a tricky thing to navigate with kids. It is. There's dangers on both sides of it, either being too restrictive or too liberal with it. Both can have consequences. So it's really hard to find that good middle ground. Today's call comes from a mom who's worried because one of her kids craves sugar a lot more often, and she wants to know how to reduce his need for sugar. Welcome back to the Feeding Toddlers Made Easy podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day today. I'm Casey Barnes. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. I have a master in clinical nutrition, and I am so glad you're here. If you're a parent, grandparent, caregiver, you are in the right place. I answer your questions on feeding toddlers and preschoolers with real-life tips. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please give me a call. The number is 469-552-5527. That's the voicemail line, and you can grab that number, plus all the information from today's episode at mamanosnutrition.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 11 if you're looking for the show notes for today. And I promise this will not be the last sugar or dessert-related episode for sure because this is such a common topic. It has so many different sides to it, and I hear questions about sugar and desserts all the time. So let's hear Kaylin's question for today. Hi, Casey. My name is Kaylin. So my question is, I have a five-year-old who is super healthy. She grew up eating just all the healthy things. We were in a healthy season in our life. And with our second child, he's almost three. He did not get as much healthy food. So now you can definitely see when she's asking for carrots and ranch and he's asking for a popsicle. So how are ways that we can break the need for sugar or the desire for sweeter things and when he doesn't eat his veggies at night at dinner? What are some effective ways we can transition into getting him to eat healthy now? I'm going to unpack all of this today. There's three main things that I want to address here. And one is the difference between the two children's food preferences. We're going to talk about that. Second, we're talking about how to reduce the desire for sweets. And third is that question about not eating veggies at dinner, which I know she's not alone in that. When we have more than one kid, we are going to compare. It's impossible not to. And so usually you're going to notice different food preferences between each of your kids. A big part of this really is genetic. So there's been studies on this. Twins don't necessarily have the same food preferences and they're fed the same thing. So even if you did the exact same thing with both kids, they're not necessarily going to gravitate towards the same foods. Both genetic and environmental factors go into their food likes and dislikes. So I am not letting you completely blame yourself about not having quite as much of an emphasis on healthy foods once you had your second baby. And purely anecdotal, but in my own experience, I found it way, way, way harder to keep up all the healthy eating habits when we had Amelia. She was my second. And it looked a lot different than when Teddy, my first, was a baby. I mean, he didn't have a single sugary thing in his first two years of life. Like, I was that mom. (laughs) I fully admit I was that mom. And he loves sweets. Amelia naturally gravitates towards veggies and proteins way more than Teddy. 
And I firmly believe that that is their genetic preferences. I mean, it is interesting. Amelia does eat a lot more similarly to me. And my husband always says that he ate just like Teddy when he was a kid. So again, this is my anecdotal non-scientific experience, but it is really common for you to see differences among siblings and to know too that their preferences as a child are not going to be their preferences for their entire life. So don't feel like you're stuck forever if you're feeling a little frustrated right now. You definitely don't have to just throw up your hands and give up if you feel like they just want sugar all the time. So let's talk about how you can reduce the desire for sweets. First, I have to throw in my disclaimer that there is nothing wrong with liking dessert. I think we as a culture are programmed to think that sugar is bad, it's unhealthy, we shouldn't eat treats too often, and we're doing a bad job as parents if our kids eat too much sweets, or we're doing a bad job with our own diet if we eat too much sweets. We feel guilty about liking desserts. We might feel some of that guilt come up too when we see our kids enjoying these desserts, and you're like, ugh, why can't they just naturally gravitate towards asparagus? Why do they have to naturally gravitate towards chocolate ice cream? But it is so normal, so I want you to think about taking off some of that pressure of feeling like you're not doing the right thing or you're not doing a good job when they do like the sweet things. It's perfectly normal, especially with young children. They do tend to prefer sweets. Not all of them do, but a lot of them do. So please, don't let it be something where you feel like, sugar is evil and we need to avoid it at all costs. Like, it's okay. It's normal. It's part of our lives. It's normal for kids to like it. Okay, so how are we going to reduce the desire for sweets when you feel like it's just too much? They're not getting a good balanced variety in their diet. One thing that you can do is offer fruit often. Fruit is naturally sweet It has so many great benefits in it, and offering more fruit can sometimes satisfy some of that need for sweetness. We also want to make sure that meals are balanced with a protein, a carb, and a fat. If we do too many meals that are just carb-based, then they're often more hungry and craving more. Whereas if we have the protein and fat, they help balance and really satisfy them so they're not looking for something more after they've eaten. You know, like say they eat some crackers, they eat some Annie's bunnies, they eat some chips, like that stuff is mostly carbs. It's not going to be real satisfying and it can leave them just wanting more carbs, more sweets. So we want to try to balance with the protein and fat. One easy way to do this, if they are a picky eater, if they will drink a smoothie, I have a smoothie post, I'll link that in the show notes, with some really good recipes that I balance it out for you with the protein, the fat, and the carbohydrate so that it's a nice balanced meal if you have a hard time with them eating the protein options when you present a meal. You also don't want to accidentally or on purpose go too low carb with your little one. They need carbs. That is their brain's preferred source of fuel. And if their carbs dip too low, they are going to crave them more. So if you are trying out the keto thing or maybe you avoid gluten or grains or whatever it is, 
Just make sure that your little one is still getting access to good complex carbs in their diet along with fruit. It's not going to be helpful for them if you're intentionally cutting out carbs. Number four. I don't think I numbered any of those others, but we're on number four now. Avoid grazing. Grazing is one of my pet peeves as a dietitian. I just feel that it helps no one because when your kid is grazing, they're never really filling up. They're never really feeling true hunger and fullness cues because they just like eat a little bit and then they just go on and they eat a little bit more. And it's really hard to tune in with what your body needs. And you also usually eat lower quality, less nutritionally dense foods if you're grazing. So I say avoid it if possible. Having snacks is fine. I'm just talking about not having the situation where they're never really sitting down to a meal. They're just kind of grabbing this and that throughout the day. Usually you're craving more like snacky type foods when that happens. And a lot of times that's going to be more sweet stuff. So if you can avoid the grazing, that's really going to help. Tip number five is to ensure good sleep hygiene. What does that mean? That means making sure that they are getting the appropriate amount of sleep for their age. I am not a sleep expert, so I don't know exactly what those numbers are in terms of how many hours they need at what age, but there's plenty of sleep experts out there that can help you with that. So you can make sure that you're getting them to bed at the right time so that they can get a good quality night of sleep. If they're not getting an appropriate amount of sleep, that could affect their cravings for sweets. When we are more tired, our brain asks us for quick energy, carbs, sugar, that is quick energy. So you want to make sure as best as you can that you're having a good sleep routine for them and giving them enough hours at night. Tip number six is that we do want to freely allow some treats and not in a micromanaging kind of way. This is when they're over two. I'll address under two in a second, but when they are two and up, you can give them a whole cookie. You can give them a whole ice cream bar. You don't have to feel like you can only give them half or you can only give them a bite of something because you're worried about it being too much sugar. If they're starting to feel restricted in that, then it is going to leave them hyper-focused on it and wanting more. If they're under two, it's a little bit different because one, we really do try to limit the added sugars when they're under two and in that most critical growth and development phase, but also they're just not as aware of what is going on around them, especially when they're under one or under 18 months. It's much easier to avoid and really without consequence. So you don't have to feel like you need to give them treats when they're under two. If they are over 18 months, not yet two, they have an older sibling or they're around older kids, they are going to want it more. But there's still things that you can do to deal with that. Like you can give them, for example, an empty ice cream cone. So no ice cream, just a cone. And they might be very happy with that. Or you give them a graham cracker and they think that's a cookie. So that's fine. But when they are over two, You might have to revise your feelings on how much is enough dessert because you may end up having to allow a little more than what you'd ideally like in order for them to ask for it less. I know that sounds a little bit wonky, but if they're feeling like, mom never lets me have as much as I want, 
Like, then they're going to be focused on it. They're going to feel restricted. It's the same as adults when we're dieting and we say we can't have something and then you want it more and it's really annoying. So that can happen to them too. So just make sure that you're not trying too hard to keep it down because in the long run, it's going to be healthier for them to eat a little more dessert than you ideally would like, but they know how to handle it. They're not obsessed with it. They can eat some and they can move on with their life. Like, that's my goal. My goal is not to raise children who never eat dessert because that's not a real possible scenario. It's just not. My goal is to raise kids who know how to eat it, enjoy it, move on with their lives, not be completely focused on it, and can just eat it alongside other foods, get a good balance of variety in their diet. And if they get too obsessed with dessert, it's much harder for them to really learn to enjoy their other foods and not just be sitting there waiting for dessert time. Tip number seven is making sure that you have enough safe foods at meals. What does that mean? That means foods that you know that they regularly eat and enjoy. Sometimes they're genuinely hungry and craving calories, and they know that sweets are a way that they like to get that energy. So making sure that you have some filling options for them at a meal besides just fruit, like even if that's a cup of milk or it's a roll with butter, depending on what they like, make sure that there is something like I mentioned before with that protein and the fat at the meal so that they don't have to wait. Sometimes they will wait until snack time, like they won't really eat at a meal because they prefer the snack time foods and they'll wait till snack time to get more. If you feel like that's happening, you can always bring a snack food to the meal. So say it's Annie's bunnies or I don't know, whatever they like. You can serve that at a meal. Like even if that doesn't feel like meal food to you, you can bring it to a meal if that's going to help them to say like, oh, okay, I get these foods at meals too, so I don't have to just wait until it's snack time to eat. Tip number eight is to manage your reaction when they ask for sweets. So that means that there's no eye roll, there's no comments about like, ugh, you want that again, or like, you know, any sort of thing that might make them feel ashamed for wanting a treat, we got to check that. Usually that comes from a challenge in our own relationship with food. And if you notice that you're having that reaction of like you're upset or frustrated or like disappointed that they're asking for it, take some time to explore that and say, what is this triggering for me? We have learned over the years, diet culture, certain foods are bad, or you're not being good if you're eating too much dessert, all that. So try not to let that spill over onto their experience with wanting a treat. Like I said, it's a very simple thing for them. They know that dessert tastes good, they like it, and they want to taste it. Like, it's really as simple as that. It's not that they're bad for liking it, you're not bad for liking it. So try to make sure that even if you're feeling some of those feelings come up when they ask for it, that you're not making them feel bad about it. Tip number nine, they might like control over when they have a treat. For example, if they don't know when is the next time that they're going to have one, they could become overly focused on that. Tip number nine is adding some predictability to it. Toddlers, young kids have a lot of comfort in predictability 
knowing what's going to happen, and having some control over what's going to happen. So for example, if they can decide, you can let them choose. Are we going to have a treat with lunch? Are we going to have a treat with dinner, for example? You can let them decide, hey, would you rather have a cookie with lunch or with dinner tonight? They're probably going to choose lunch because it's sooner, but that's fine. They decided that. They feel like they have some control over it and they know what's coming. So sometimes part of the obsession and this extreme desire for sweets comes from them having uncertainty about when they're going to get it again. So if they know when it's coming, then that takes away some of that stress, I guess you would call it, of being like, when am I going to get to have this? Something that really helps is a daily schedule, a visual one, like with images for a toddler. I have one that you can print out if you want to use it. You can include a daily treat on there. I don't have it planned in, but there's spaces for you to draw in your own stuff. Get a laminating sheet, laminate it, use it every day, wipe it off. Toddlers love being able to see what is coming. My last tip, number 10, is to also know that you can incorporate sweets that you feel a lot better about than just, you know, getting out an ice cream bar or something like that. In my recipe ebook, No Sugar Still Sweet, there's over 20 recipes in there that have no added sugar. They're only sweetened with fruit. They're really fun treats and snacks and some breakfast ideas too for your toddler that is going to taste sweet enough for them. And you're going to feel better because you're like, I know that there's all healthy ingredients in here. So it's totally fine to do that kind of stuff and know that like if healthy eating is important to you, you don't have to just like totally compromise that with dessert all the time. You can totally have a mix of maybe like, you know, sometimes we go out to the ice cream shop, but sometimes we have maybe the raspberry almond crumble bars from No Sugar Still Sweet or chocolate banana bread bars with peanut butter drizzle. Like this stuff is still really good and it just doesn't have any added sugar in it. One more note, I haven't mentioned anything yet about artificial sweeteners for toddlers because a lot of times people will look to that as an alternative to having sugary stuff. I don't love artificial sweeteners for toddlers, so I wouldn't recommend just switching over to that. I'm not comfortable with any solid recommendation on how much exactly is safe for them. Like long term, we just don't have data on that, so i rather limit those. They also are much sweeter than traditional sugar, like they can be hundreds of times sweeter, so I don't want your toddler to get used to that crazy sweet taste. The other thing is that some sugar alcohols can be gut irritating, so you want to look out for that too. So like xylitol and erythritol, those can cause bloating, gas, diarrhea, not fun stuff. Now the last thing is the not eating veggies part. If you've been around a while, you probably know what I'm going to say. Veggie nutrition is equal to fruit nutrition. Seriously. Vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, fruits are plants. Veggies are plants. They're getting all good things from fruit. So you don't need to fear the sugar in fruit because one, it's going to help with that sweetness craving. They like those sweet things. But also it comes wrapped up in this beautiful, nutritious package with all these great things along with that sweetness. With the veggies, you can try serving veggies before dinner like an appetizer. This is one of those research-backed things that shows that kids do typically eat more veggies if they are offered before dinner. So you can try that. 
The other thing is just making it fun and low pressure with the veggies. So for example, like pretend to be a giraffe eating a big piece of lettuce or using a green bean to paint with, I don't know, ketchup or sauce, whatever you have out. Ranch. I don't know why I suggested ketchup. Green bean and ketchup does not sound that good, but maybe some people like it. Okay, and patience. If they're a truly picky eater, you will want to grab my free picky eater starter guide with the first four steps to take for a picky eater. I'll include that link in the show notes. And oh, when you get that starter guide, you also get the exact steps to follow to introduce a new veggie without them having a meltdown that will come straight to your inbox with the Kickstart Picky Wins email series that'll come after you get that picky eater starter guide. Okay, I gave a lot of tips today. I have recapped all of them in the show notes for this episode. So head to mamanosnutrition.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 11, so you can review all of these helpful tips there. Before you head off, please leave me a five-star rating and review here on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is scroll down to that ratings and review section, tap where it says write a review, hit five stars, please, and then say what's helpful about the podcast for you or why you like me. I love compliments. I'm not shy about that. Thank you for the review. I know you're going to go write it right now. Thank you. Thank you. I will talk to you next week when we will be diving into constipation and the best ways to fight it for your toddler. Bye.